Okay, good morning. Today's daf is Lachov Ches. Um, we'll go for the mission at the bottom of Chov Zayin Ramud Beis 27b. So, we're going to now do a different type of Nidre Oinsin. I would, I would almost use that term, except we already used, what did we use Nidre Oinsin for? To say when the vow is triggered by an Oines. Uh, he says, if I'm not at, at you for lunch, or if I'm not at place, if, if something, then the Nidre takes effect. And the reason he didn't meet the condition is because of an oinase. I mean, that, that probably happens also in a lot of deals. You write out the contract, or, or I don't know, you, do you write anything? <laughs> you speak out the contract, you write out the contract, and then uh, you say, and they'll be like, yeah, I'll go through with it as long as X happens, as long as I manage to procure it for that, or you know, something like that, and then it falls through. So that would be very similar to Nidra. Now we say, Someone takes a neder to murderers, um, plunderers, robbers, and tax collectors. Now, what's the neder? Shehi truma, that what, the, what they want to take is actually truma. We'll come back to this guy, surely, but says, even though it's not truma. Shall or that it belongs to the king. Afalpisha Ainon shall even though it does not belong to the king. So what's this person doing here? One of these, there's someone holding him up, there's a hijacker, and he says, There's no point in taking that produce. That's truma. And obviously they say, Yeah, right, really. So he says, I'll take a netter. We're going to see in the Gomorrah the netter will be along the lines of I take a netter that all my property or all produce is also to me if that's not truma. Again, now he's clearly lying. Well, we're from the other side, but he's doing it to save uh, to save himself. Um, yeah. Then it says, um, you know, what's the, the property of the king? Because obviously they're not going to take that. Truma. I saw two reasons why they wouldn't want uh, truma, because. One is, um, well, let's do the more straightforward one first, is that truma doesn't have a high value because remember, only Kohanim can eat truma. So the truma market has very few buyers and it's not, a, it's not a superior product, it's regular produce and it has very few buyers. So it has a very low value. So they're like, what's the point in you know, holding someone up to take truma? It's not worth our effort. Um, that's the one answer. The other answer, fascinating answer, is that no, it says, granted they don't care about killing people and stealing from people, and we'll get to the tax collector over the page, on the, well, on the next Amud, they would never eat truma. They would never go against that. And I think this leads us to a very uh, interesting discussion. We see, I mean, the Talmud has clear examples, but we see people have totally skewed values. Um, and that, that, sadly, it's not a surprise thing, but that's what we see. Um, remember, there's the case of the, of the people fighting to do the temple avoider, the Kohanim, and one Kohen gets stabbed, and his father runs into the base Amigdash and he says, Oi, quickly get the knife out while he's still alive so it doesn't become Tomei. His son's dying on the floor. They weren't worried about, you know, that two Kohanim just got into a fight and the one stabbed the other. They worried about a knife becoming Tomei. It's totally screwed. And we see a few examples actually by Tuma where they disregarded many other things and they were makbid on Tuma. Um, and uh, you nowadays you see people who are mucked on a certain type of dress, a certain type of you know thing, at expense of all other mitzvahs. 
I think uh, one more relevant to our community is often we speak of making Aliyah at the expense of any other logic or any other considerations. Don't say Chas V'Shalom Adaman doing any mitzvah. You know, you've got to be careful that your food's kosher, you've got to be careful with Shabbos, you've got to be... Aliyah is a mitzvah, and you've, got to, and you've got to take all these things into consideration, but none of them in isolation trump everything else. And sadly, we're very careless with Losh and Hara. I have people sitting, I have my, my students in my class, all, we, we discussed Losh and Hara a few months ago, and I was, I was like, oi, so what are we supposed to talk about at Shabbos lunch? Or, I don't know, saying, or how can we go to a Shabbos lunch? And they like, so you, you be careful with this halacha and that halacha and stuff, and Lashon Hara, one of the most dear. So everyone, it's, it's something we've got to work on, is making sure that our values are in line, and that we've got the right values, that we're focusing and emphasizing the wrong thing. But as you you have these uh, thieves, and, uh, thieves and robbers who wouldn't uh, bother with trim, who wouldn't steal truma because, you know, stealing's okay, but eating something forbidden is not okay. Maybe we can argue, oh, you want a very great example, the famous thing of Jews who are very particular with their kashrus, but they they uh, fraudsters. They're uh, in jail for stealing millions from their company or from other people. And so that would be another example of people of this case. They robbers, but you know what they eat, they're careful with. Um, okay. Look, and, and, but maybe you can say on the other hand, at least they're careful with one mitzvah. But it's just, as you can see, it's a bit odd, but that's, uh, that's the one uh, reason the Rosh gives. Okay, then it says, now we're going to qualify. So if you notice, this neder, on the one hand, um, this neder is, um, we'll see, it's, he's lying. He's taking a proper neder, but he's lying. And we'll see what he's doing and how he's lying. But, um, therefore, we're going to see that the neder doesn't fall away. Or, yeah, you, you can't just dismiss the neder. We'll, we'll discuss it further in the page. But there is a leniency. Is that here it says, Nodrin, you can take the neder. All the previous cases in the parak we've discussed, if someone takes a neder when bargaining, if someone takes a neder and then, and then he can't meet the, meet the condition because of oines, if someone takes a neder that is exaggerated, I, not that he should, but if he did, then it's not a valid neder. Whereas here it sounds like Noidrin, you are allowed to take the neder to save your property. Definitely to save your life. He's a murderer if you, you know, like if you try to stop him taking yourself, he'll kill you. But even just to save your property, you're allowed to take a neder lying. Now some qualifications. It says Beishamai Oimrin Bechol Noidrin Chutzmi Bishwa. Beishamai say you can take any type of neder except the shwa. Say you can even take a shvur. We know that shvurs are more strict. Are more strict. It says below you care. You'll never, you'll never be found innocent if you take a false shvur. Um, but here, but if you want to take a shvur that my property is a korban, my property is uh, for is uh, koinam, my property is donated to the temple. All those different types of nedorim would work, which is not a shvur. And basically, will say both take a shvur. Now, obviously, he can't swear that it's not truma because that's a false shua, shua sheker, which is in itself is a problem. But we'll see, as, as I mentioned, the case is, always, is going to be, the Gemara is going to come out, that the case is where he takes a neder, uh, takes a shua that he won't eat any of his other produce if that is not truma. Because, again, that, you don't want to take a false shua that that is truma. Says Beishama another qualification. Beishama Omrim lo yiftach lo benedir. Beishilu lo sa after yiftach lo. Beis 
Shammai say you can't start, you can't um, offer to take the nether. And Basil say you can even offer to take the nether. He says I'm, take, I'm confiscating this produce or I'm hijacking this, stealing this produce. And you say no, 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 it's truma. So according to Shammai, only if he says take a nether that it's truma, are you allowed to take the nether? Basil will say you can say it's truma, it's truma, and I'll take your nether to save it. So that's another um, qualification. And then a third one, Beishamai Oimrim Bameshehu Meidira, Beishil Oimrim Afamash Eidomidira. Beishamai say you're only allowed to take the nether regarding what he insists you take the nether. And Beishil say no, you're even allowed to extend it. Kate said, what's an example? He says, Omerlah Omer Koinim Ishti Nenesli. So he says to the thief, no, this is truma. Don't bother taking it. And I says, take a nether that your wife won't get benefit from you if you don't. So there, it says, Omar, and then he says, And then he takes an error that his wife nor his sons can take benefit. So you see that the, the robber told him, take an error regarding your wife. He took an error regarding his wife and his sons. I almost strengthening it. It says, Beishamai say his wife is permitted because she was what the thief wanted him to take the error about. But his sons are also because that he voluntarily added them to the nether. Well, Basil, Imrim, Eilu, Eilu, Mutar, and Basil will say they both Mutar. I think the Svara for Basil is at the end of the day, you're faced with a, a murderer, a robber, tax collector, and you've got to do what you can. So it's all part of the law. Whereas Basil might say, no, you really need them to be motivating your nether, giving you the terms of your nether, and then you take it based on that. Okay, let's go into the Gemara. The Gemara asks a fascinating question. I'm sure you were all very bothered by tax collector. You're allowed, allowed to cheat the tax collector? So that's what the Gemara. I'm fascinated that they always include the tax collector with the murderers and, and the, the robbers. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, important to note is it wasn't, it wasn't run by SARS, which had a very <laughs> a rigid system. Look, whether how much they take and thing, but it's all very set and clear. They don't, uh, <clears throat> I mean, they would love to, but they don't target, again, it's all to do with your tax bracket set by the government and whatever, but they don't target you because you're more wealthy. They don't target you because you're a certain skin color. They don't, they, they, they don't target you because you're Jewish. They, they're just following the requirements. So it's very different because here, the, their tax collectors, often how they would work, is uh, they would buy the rights to collect the taxes from the king. So almost they would say, so, so the government comes with, the king comes with a budget and says, we, I expect to collect X in tax. So he says, okay, I'll pay you, you're expecting what, to collect uh, uh, 10 billion in tax, income tax? I'll pay you uh, 9 billion up front, give me the right to collect the tax, or whatever, uh, however they structure the deal. And now he has, to a degree, free reign to go and raise the taxes. So we're dealing with already a lot more subjective system, as we'll see. Um, so he says, Baham Shmuel Dinah Demalkus Dinah didn't Shmuel say that the law of the land of the king is the law. The law again, the law of the king is the law. And therefore, if the, if you owe money for tax, you can't not pay your tax. It's halacha. It's din. We'll see many opinions learn as far right, so that's that you have to follow the the law and pay the taxes. So Omar Ibn Khanina, Omar Ibn Kahan, Omar Shmur, Akhinina says, Naim Omar Khanina, Naim Omar Shmur, but Moichai Shainlo Kitzpah. No, you're discussing a tax collector who doesn't have a 
kitzpah set price. So either two, I mean, there are a few pshatim, but two pshatim, and this is, he doesn't distribute it evenly. He, he doubles the taxes on Jews, and he halves the taxes on the non-Jews. He targets certain people. So again, there ain't no kids, but there's no set amount. He's not being fair. And that's the sort of, so, so therefore there's no, there's no limit to what he's going to bully from you, or could bully from you. So you swear that half your assets are, or you take an edit that half your assets are trumma to get out of that. Um, another simple, straightforward answer is he collects more than he's really allowed to collect. He was allowed to collect um, either X per person or up to 10 billion rand, and he goes and he starts collecting more. He uses his power with his uh, tax collecting team to collect more than he's deserving. So in those cases, you don't have to follow because, again, that's not din anymore. That's uh, crookery. So the very Rebiyanai, the very say, no, but most cases, Omid Ma'olok, a self-appointed tax collector. I saw a, he saw a void and he took advantage, uh, kind of like I guess the mafia, or uh, you know, collecting his own. Or he saw that the kingdom, the king's offices, didn't reach the outskirts of the of the country, the the kingship, and therefore he appointed himself as a tax collector. So again, it's not with Zim. It's not the king sending him to collect taxes or anything like that. And that's why you don't have to follow. Um, the tax collector. So just a few. Obviously, there's a lot to discuss on dinner demalchus dinner and how far it goes. But just what's the source for dinner demalchus dinner? As I said, many hold this Doraisa. So a few different opinions. Um, so one, oh, I forgot the Rambam. But basically, the Rad Baz holds anyone who lives in a land is subject to the king. You're his servant, and therefore he can say what he wants you to give and what he doesn't want you to give. Interesting enough, when Shmuel was appointing, when the Israel came to the prophet Shmuel and they said, we want a king. So Shmuel was very upset with them, big discussion, why is it not in the Torah? But he gave them a whole list of things. The king will draft your sons and daughters into working in his... Uh, in his army and work for him and he's going to impose taxes and he's going to take half your produce, you know. So, a warning, like, kings are not good people. Now, there's a question in that, on that. Is what Shmuel saying what kings would do, or even though they shouldn't? Or is he saying what kings are allowed to do? So, uh, the, the Gomorrah comes out, he's saying what kings are allowed to do. So, we see very clearly the Torah gives the king almost the everyone in the kingdom is considered a slave to the king. Therefore, if the king says, pay me X in taxes, no matter how much it is, whether it's 10%, 20%, 80%, he's allowed to do that. So that's the, that's the one source. Um, a second source is um, when the king, well, who conquers the land, so the king is not control of the land, it actually, everything in it belongs to him, the land and everything. He conquered it. So therefore, that would be another... Uh, a possibility, and then a third possibility. I think I had a third possibility. Oh, yeah, Hefker based in Hefker. Based in either courts have the power to redistribute money if they see fit. So the king is in control of the courts, has power to redistribute it. Um, then, just interesting, the run here brings Toysfus that. This maybe only does not apply in Eretz Yisrael, because in all other lands you can say the king owns the land or the king has control of the thing, but in Eretz Yisrael each Jew has a Yerusha, has an inheritance in it. 
This might only apply during the first, uh, from the conquering of the land to the first temple, but it's enough. That therefore, maybe you can't say that the king owns the land and can impose dinner de malchus dinner. Yeah. Another explanation that touches on it is the Rashbam. He seems to hold that by living in the land, you're accepting the king as the king and all his rules. Um, and then just two uh, conditions is uh, one is that they bring that if, the, if it singles out the Jews, if it persecutes Jews, the tax laws, then you don't necessarily have to keep them. Don't know how, I don't know how in the logics we've given that's a good excuse. Maybe you can say that it's not din anymore, it's not justice, and therefore there's no obligation to follow the king when it's unjust. Something to think about. And the uh, second point is that it's obviously where it doesn't go against the laws of the Torah. I, kings, you don't, the, the, the king says everyone has to work. Uh, yes, this happened under communism. We're going to keep six day weeks. You get the sixth day to rest. And then you start another five days, six day to rest, five days, six day to rest. Um, so obviously you're going to end up working on Shabbos. Once they did in the Malkus, they didn't have a lot of work on Shabbos. Similarly, if the governor, the king, bans shrita. Can't say, ah, dinner de malchus, so we don't have to eat with shrita. No, this is only in uh, monetary law that you say dinner de malchus, so dinner. Um, yeah. One interesting one is uh, regarding inheritance. That's a little bit on the border of both. The Torah commands us how to distribute inheritance, how the Yerusha is distributed. On the other hand, it's a monetary discussion. So there we actually generally not keen to say follow dinner, demarcus at dinner, but that's an interesting one. Um, just an interesting uh, consideration, if you notice, most of the sporas would really only apply to a king and not a necessarily a democratically elected government, which means you can have the most evil tyrant who sets taxes on all his citizens at, I don't know, whatever, 70% of the income, they would have to follow that, either because He's considered their master. He's the owner of all the land and everything in it. Every view. But none of, the, none of those logics would apply to a democratically elected government. So, as, uh, and you can argue maybe even worse, that a corrupt democratically elected government, they're not a, that's not in their jurisdiction. So they're not... Uh, so uh, it's just uh, an amazing... No, I'm not puskining that you can uh, say the government's corrupt or is democratically elected and they're not allowed to demand from you. You could say this for is if you live in a country, you're accepting their rules. But again, if it's a corrupt government, then, uh, then the, you, know, you can almost say, what's it, the balls in the other hand? <laughs> what's the phrase? Um, they've got to prove that they're using your taxes for what they're elected and what they're allowed to use them for. Um, not, uh, not Pascaline, but just something interesting to consider. And I find it quite fascinating. You can have the most evil dictator, the most evil tyrant, and you have to pay him taxes. Whereas a corrupt government, there's other reasons why you might say, even if they're not necessarily evil um, like that, that you would not necessarily have to. Okay, but obviously there's a lot to discuss at dinner, tomorrow, at dinner and how far you can go and how um, and where exactly it applies. Now, let's go on to the next point of the morning. So, the, it just quotes from the Mishnah. It says, 
Amelech. But really, the qu- the question is, how's he taking his neder? Hechi neder. What's the wording of his neder? He says, Omar Rav Amram, Omar Rav. Rav Amram said, Name of Rav. Omer Yesu Peiros Ha'olam Olai Im Einom Shel Beis Amelech. He says, All the Peiros in the world should be forbidden for me if they do not. If that what you want to steal does not belong to the king. So the Gemara asks, Well, Kibbutz Omer Yesu Saro Leo. Called Priyama. Well, once he says, also, all the produce in the world should be forbidden to him. I was it not a good neder. Why are you telling me he's allowed to lie? It should be a good neder. So when he says, no, but Omer Hayom, it's where he says today. So he says, all the produce in the world is forbidden to me today, unless if that's not Truma. Again, trying to get out of paying it to the tax collector or the robbers or the murderers. So the Gemara says, oh, eat Omer Hayom, Lama Kabumine Moiches, um, but the tax collector is not going to accept this if you say today. If you say again, the tax collector comes and says, "Oh, looks like you have a few more assets than you declared." I'm going to. Uh, looks like you have a few more income, more income than you declared. I'm going to take more. And you say, "No, I take a a, a neder that I won't eat from any produce in the world today unless that's truma." What's he going to say? So are you clearly just doing to get out of uh, it because what but tonight then you can start eating normal food again. So saying Hayom will not help the situation. So the Gemara answers, it's no way he says in his heart today and in his mouth he says it's stam. And what does he say to the tax collector? He says, I take a net that I won't get any benefit from produce in this world. I won't eat any produce in this world unless, if that is not truma. And in his heart he's saying, I won't get any benefit from produce in the world today if that's not truma. So now why is he allowed to do that? Because it is a little bit vague. By the fact that um, he doesn't say how long. Now by not saying how long, implicit is forever. But he could theoretically mean Hayom, and therefore he's allowed to, in this context, to put in Hayom. Um, and then he says, And even though generally say words of a person's heart are not taken into account, by these Oinsin we do take them into account. So this is a this is an important caveat. You can't just use this. Uh, you can't use this in other scenarios in your life. It sounds very convenient. Someone asks you something. You say, "Well, I take an error that I won't get benefit from. Uh, that you can have. I take an error that my car is also to me unless X. I take an error this, and you just think in your mind that it's also to me for the next 20 minutes. You're not allowed to do that in uh, other scenarios." Um, you're only allowed to do that when it's oinsin. Otherwise, Beisdin will actually, when, it, when, you, when you hold accountable for it, they'll actually won't take into account things that you say in your heart. Yeah, the Gomorrah carries on. Now it just basically quotes the second half of the Mishnah. But remember we mentioned three... Uh, well, yeah. Beishamah said it's limited to what the neder, what he told you to take the neder regarding. And we still say no, even if you extend it. Kate said what was an example. Omar Lo, he says to him, 
And the robber says to him, Oh, you're telling me that's truma. Take coin and take a neder, that your wife will be forbidden to you. And he says, He says, My wife and my sons can't get benefit from me. Okay, but that's the last clause. Remember, we've brought three points that Beishama says. Firstly, Beishama says it's only on a neder and not a shkua, whereas Beishama says both neder and shkua. Secondly, Beishama came along and said that you can't initiate the neder. You have to say it's truma. And he says, take a neder, it's truma. If you say it's a you're not allowed to say it's truma, and I will take a neder. It's truma. And then the third one was this case that we just read in the in the in the requote of the Mishnah that he's not allowed. He's only allowed to take the neder based on what the on the robber, the tax collector, etc. Telling me has to take the neder. I take the neder that your wife can't get benefit from you if it's not truma. So he says. So Omar Avuna Tana. Avuna says, but wait, we have the following price up. And we're going to bring two contradictions between a Brisa and our Mishnah. He says, Shama Omrim, Lo Yiftach Lo B'Shvur Chiyazbo. Lo Yiftach Lo B'Shvur, or Beisil Omrim, Af Yiftach Lo B'Shvur. Beishamai say, you're not allowed to open with the Shvur. And Beisil will say, you are allowed to open with the Shvur. Sorry, Yiftach means uh, suggest, offer to take it. Says, Le Beishamai B'Shvur Hu De Lo Yiftach Lo. This is mashma that Beishama holds you're not allowed to offer to take a shvur. You say, it's truma, and I will take a shvur that it's truma. You're not allowed to do that, but you are allowed to take a shvur that it's... You're allowed to take, sorry, you're allowed to take a neder that it's truma. You're allowed to offer to take a neder. It's a shvur, that's what he implies. But he says, but I'll mention a thought, Beishama omerim lo yiftach lo neder. You're not allowed to offer to take a neder. But to a second issue with the price, it says, He says he's not allowed to offer the neder, but if the tax collector or the robber insists on you taking the neder, you are allowed to take a neder. Sorry, sorry, you're not allowed to offer to take a neder to take this neder with the shvua, but if he but you could be um, but if he asks you to, you could take a shvur. He says, "Vahot am beishama omrim b'chol noyjin chutz mishvur." Beishama says, "You're not allowed to. You, you can take a neder, but not a shvur." So again, so there's two problems with brayso. The first part, the brayso implies that you're allowed to initiate. You're not allowed to initiate a shvur, which implies that you are allowed. If you're not initiated, you're allowed to take a shvur. Or, and it also implies that you could offer to take an error. You can't offer to take a shvur, but you could offer to take an error. Again, he says, as you say, this is truma, and, and I'll take a shvur that it's truma. That contradicts our Mishnah on two halachas. So once you've taken the shvur the is there any form of true truma on the product, or is it just because no. you've given nothing? No, you're not saying, yeah, you're saying that's truma. You're just I, saying it, you're not. You're lying. Any, um, you're lying. Yeah, doesn't give any validity to it whatsoever. Except your neder has some level of validity. Like if you had in your mind for today, then it is also for today. Or... Again, you're not saying, yeah, you're saying that produce is truma, and then what's your neder? You're not taking a neder on that because that doesn't won't make any difference. You say that's truma, and I take a neder, I won't eat it if it's not truma. Okay. Like that doesn't work. No, so what you're doing is you say, if it's not, I take a neder. That I won't get benefit from my wife, or I won't get benefit from this world, or my wife won't get benefit from me, unless, if that's not truma. Yeah. I then, so strictly speaking, if it's not truma, then he becomes forbidden to all those things. 
Um, it says Tana. So, so the Gemara answers again these two contradictions we have in the Mishnah. Tana Matnisim Beneder Loidircha Koychon to Beishamai. No, our Mishnah taught a Neder to show us how far Beishamai go. I that according to Beishamai, you're not even allowed to offer to take a Neder. And Tana Brisa Bishua, the Brisa's teaching regarding Ashua, Odircha Koychon to Beishilal to show us how far Beishilal go. I that you can even offer to take Ashua. You say that's Truma. And I'll take a shvua that it's truma. Um, so that's why the price, the Mishnah is from the aspect of neder, and the price is from the aspect of shuv, of uh, of a shvua. Now Ravashi, or Ravashi gives a totally different type of answer. He says hachikatani. This is what it's teaching. Beishama oimrim, beishamai say, ancient eile b'shvua or beisil oimrim yesh eile b'shvua. Beishamai say you are not allowed to. And now a shvua and basila say you are allowed to another shvua. I again remember we've discussed Sha'ila. You go to the Chochom and you say, Can you annul my neder or shvua? And the, the sage either checks if there's regret or if there is a petach, an opening. I had you known X, would you have taken the neder or the shvua? Basilal say you can do this for a shua as well, where it's Beishama say you can't. And if you look at the Braissa, that actually fits in very well. It says Beishama Oimrim Lo Yirtach Lo Beshua. We do not find the opening for a shua. We don't annul a shua. Well, Basil Oimrim Ab Yirtach Lo Beshua and Basil say you can. So that's the Machlokas. A totally different discussion to Al Mishnah with the neder that someone's being forced to take. Can he initiate the neder and can he do it with a shua? Okay, Manisim, next Mishnah. These trees will be a korban if they are not chopped down or do not fall down. This talus will be a korban if it is not burnt. We'll see in the Gemara what is, uh, what's the case, what's he saying. I'm not going to explain it. You can redeem them. Either they become a korban if they don't fall down and if they're not burnt and the garment's not burned, they become a korban, they can become a donation to the temple and you have to redeem it. He says, if he says, if he says there are, these trees are a korban until they chop down, of this talizu korban, this talizu korban, until it's burnt, Einohem pijon, they um, do not have redemption. We'll discuss in the Mishnah, uh, we'll discuss in tomorrow's death how to understand that phrase. Now, the Gemara asked, when we said Einohem pijon, what did we mean? Sorry, when we said Yeshlem pijon, that they can, they, they, they can be redeemed, in other words, we're just saying that they become Kodosh, the Neder takes effect. I, someone says, I take a Neder that this, these trees will be, will be donated to the temple unless they're burned, if they're not burned, or say if they're not cut down, or if they're not burned. Why not, what, what's the easier way to say than Yeshlem Pijon? That you can redeem them, just say that they become kodosh. So that's what the Gemara is bothered by. It says, "Velisni kedushas or kedushas." Teach us whether they become kodosh or they don't become kodosh. Why teach us in the format of 
Um, so why teach it in the format of Karashalan uh, of of Einlein Pijon? So he says, now I did the boiler misni safer Einlein Pijon, Tananamiresha Einlein Pijon, Pijon. Since we want to teach in the safer, they do not have Pijon, Taminamiresha. Yeshlem Pijon, we contrast that with a safe and say Yeshlem Pijon. Again, as I said, we're only going to get to understand what it means in the Mishnah. Einloim Pijon, tomorrow. But the Gemara then asks, Heichi Neder. What sort of Neder is he taking? Again, if you look at the Neder of the trees, what was the Neder? Just look at the words carefully. He says, These trees are a korban if they not cut down, if they don't fall down. At some point, whether it's in the next few hundred, whether it's the next day or next year or in a few hundred years, the tree is going to be cut down or fall down. It's not going to last forever. Well, you, let's, you're donating it to the temple, yeah. But either way, it's temple property growing there until you cut it down. But without coming on to that, the nere should never ever take effect because every tree at some point is going to fall down. Yeah. So. So the netter never gets off the ground. So that's what the government says. Hey, netter. How can what? How's this a netter? What's the vow he's taking that these trees actually become osur if they don't cut down or get or felled or fall down? Because they will be at some point in the future. So Amar 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 says, but Amar im hayom. No, Amar says the cases where he says if they not cut down today. And then the day passes and they're not cut down. Ah, so he says, so it's not saying, he's not saying if the trees aren't cut down, then they'll be korban. He's saying if they aren't cut down today, they will be a donation to the temple, a korban. So then you know, oh, sunset comes, or we can say says comes, and they're still standing, then the next day they are permitted. Sorry, the next day they also they're a korban that have to be redeemed. Oh, imkei Well, then I don't need the Mishnah to tell me that. It's so obvious. What you? What are you telling me? So he says, no. It's where there's a very strong storm. Ah, so what's the case here? There's a very strong storm, and he's basically saying, wow, if those trees don't get blown over in the storm, they'll be a korban. Now, why is that a novelty? Why is that novel? Again, why is that any better to saying, oh, if those trees there aren't cut down today, they become a korban, which you said is so obvious what they're telling us. If they're not cut down today, well then, tomorrow they're a korban and you'll have to redeem them. Why is this a better example? Because it's not guaranteed that they're going to be cut down. Okay, but that's, that doesn't matter. That's a condition. If they do get blown over by the storm, then they're not Kodosh. If they aren't blown over by the storm, then they're not Kodosh. So what's the novelty of that? No, because here, it's similar to an Asmachta. Does he really expect it to happen? And then Hurricane Charlie comes. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really expect them. You could say he doesn't expect them to come down, to be a netter of a mistake or a netter um, based on a, a smachta, false premise, but it's because he, what he doesn't expect. We say, no, still, since he said it, his netter stands. Even though he might, even though you could say he didn't really expect it. Says, and Vaho, this actually makes a lot of sense. Vahoktani, as is taught in the Mishnah, Gabetalis, by a garment. 
Batalis is a garment ever going to be burnt? Because the Mishnah, remember, the Mishnah gave two cases. If he says, I take a netter, that these trees will be a korban if they're not cut down, and this talus will be a korban if it's not burnt. So what do you mean a talus burnt? Right? Like, when does that happen? He says, no. Yes, in taluses can get burnt. There's a fire. So that he sees this roaring fire, and he says, oh, if, if those clothes don't get burnt by that fire, they'll become... A cor- uh, donated to the temple. And so to hear there's a strong storm of a salka. Now, now, I mean, I explained this earlier, but now he says of a salka daitas, the masikatat. You might have thought that the masikatayta the loymes latzina. He had in mind that they'd never be saved. And that's why he took the neder. He only took the neder because he did not expect them to survive. So if they do survive, then the neder falls away. It comes to teach us that the neder stands. Um, yeah, and we'll leave it there for today. We'll continue with the new sub- yeah, well, with the new piece tomorrow.